0: Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. here with you today it's good to be back after vacation we took a few weeks off Um, when we take a vacation or when we take a podcast off it's like several weeks since we do these bi-weekly so it's been a while and it's good to be back here we're finally getting to the end of our series on rhythms if you've followed us this far you know that we have talked about daily weekly, and now today, with Mason here, we're going to talk about yearly rhythms. Yearly rhythms are much harder to talk about in a short podcast because breaking down a whole year, 365 days, is, well, it's just hard. But we're going to try to do it. It's also late at night, and I've yawned about 15 times already (laughs) before we started recording. Mason said I can't yawn during a podcast, but if I do, I'll edit it out. And if I can't edit it out, I'll apologize now for the yawning. (laughs) So there are many ways we can break up a year. If you think about your own year, it's going to look different, obviously, than other people's years. But there are a lot of things that we have in common within the year, such as birthdays, vacations, like we just went on a vacation. Some families do vacations every year. Holidays, we all celebrate some sort of holidays, probably. There are people who don't celebrate holidays at all. I understand that. But we've also got school years, summer breaks. We have the 12 months. We have seasons. So there are several things we do each and every year, and this depends on your family, its culture, where you live, so on. But how do we shape our year in a way that focuses and glorifies God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we've talked about daily rhythms and that comes down to prayer and devotion. We've talked about how those quotidian moments can bring glory to our maker. We've talked about weekly rhythms and how that week should revolve around the Sabbath and how we're commanded to keep the Sabbath holy and how when we point our weeks to the Sabbath and we revolve it around the Sabbath, we have a more God-glorifying week. And now we are going to discuss the church calendar and how following it and learning about it can really add intentionality to our yearly rhythms. It can help us not get lost in the hustle and bustle of the world, but rather it can help us glorify God in each and every season. So jumping right into it, what is the church calendar?
1: Uh, First of all, it's good to be back uh, with you all. Glad to be back on the podcast. Uh, The church calendar, what is it? Well, the church calendar um, is the annual cycle of seasons which correspond to the events of the life of Christ as received from our great Christian tradition. You're probably familiar with them. It starts with Advent and it spans over the whole year, hitting the great evangelical feasts such as Christmas, uh, Good Friday, Ascension and Pentecost. You've probably heard all those things before. That's basically what the Christian year or the church calendar is. It's hitting all those great events in the life of Christ. doesn't hit every single thing that happened in Christ's life, but the big things, the main things that really impact us, the things that uh, pertain to us and our salvation, it hits those in the year. And we celebrate those to remind us of what Christ has done for us.
0: And like he said, it follows the life of Christ. Some people break that into three sections too, like the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. So you're focusing on those three things throughout the year, which is, I think, a neat way to think about it because you kind of think about those things every Sunday as well. Um, Celebrate those at specific times in the year so you can focus on the life of Christ in one section. You can focus on the death of Christ in another time, and you can focus on the resurrection of Christ. And then, like he said, there's ascension and other things in there as well. Within the church year, what are the seasons? Generally, the seasons are Advent, Christmas, you have ordinary time, you have Easter, and then you have ordinary time again. A lot of times people don't realize there's a distinction between Lent and Easter. There's a distinction between Advent and Christmas. Like a lot of times people don't realize that Advent is the waiting and the preparing for Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, that they're separate. And so if you don't know a whole lot about the church calendar, we're not going to dive into like the big description or really explaining it in this podcast. We're more so going to explain why we follow it and why we would encourage other people to do so in their home. We might dive into it more on a podcast in the future, but we will encourage you to do your own research, and we can give you some tips on where to, you know, find some of that. One of the things that I've been reading through is Bobby Gross's book, Living the Christian Year, and this devotional helps me because week by week, I have a devotional to go through during ordinary time, as well as Advent, Lent, and that sort of thing, and um, it has scripture readings and prayers and things offered in there that just keep my mind um, on Christ during the ordinary time of the calendar.
1: Yeah, this this podcast could go on forever if you hit all the, <laughs> the, the minor points that everyone likes to fight about. I mean, how it came to be in the first place and whether you should or shouldn't do it and all the different debates that come with the church calendar, if you are familiar with those, we're not going to really hit that tonight. We're just going to basically... Skim over the the main idea of what is the church calendar, and also I'd like to make a point too. Brie said that we're going to encourage you uh, to follow the church calendar, and maybe we'd say a little bit softer than that—not not even necessarily encourage you, just encourage you. Hopefully, by what we are doing, right. um, because the church calendar isn't something that you have to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the things that we've hit on these rhythms on, on some of the podcasts that we've had about rhythms on the daily things; those are non-negotiables. Some of them for are non-negotiables for us. Some are negotiable. I mean, you don't have to do them. The weekly things, some things you are free to do or not to do. I mean, I'm convinced of the Lord's Day and that you should be doing that. So, that's a little bit different. But the the church calendar is something that Christians have uh, the liberty to choose to do or not to do. It's not something that you have to do. And this is kind of where the rub happens a lot of times with Protestants, uh, for quite a while in the church, Protestants said, no, we're not going to do it because in the Roman Catholic Church, it was required to do it. Our stance as Reformed Christians is is that you are free to do it or not to do it. And we choose to do it because I think in our day and age, our culture right now, it's not the kind of environment that it was right after the Reformation, where we're still trying to kind of reform some of the things in the church, figure out what we should and should not be doing. I think now we're more inclined to follow in line with the the calendar that the church or that the um, culture might give us so we have all kinds of things that our culture is pressing on us and as christians i think it's helpful to have an alternative to that to where we can say well we're not gonna follow along with all the stuff that the world wants us to celebrate there's festivals there's feasts there's solemn times there's days where we're um, doing all these rites and rituals that the world was trying to give to us, but we're supposed to be conforming our lives to Christ. We're supposed to be conformed to His image and what He's doing. So I think that the church calendar in that area is actually really helpful in our modern day because the church oftentimes falls into a calendar of the world. And maybe we can get into that a little bit more. The fact that you're inevitably going to be following some kind of calendar. Right. I mean, our lives are going to be shaped by different things. What, what makes it on your calendar that you have hanging in your kitchen or wherever you have it? That, that's going to affect how your days are going to go. So what ways will you plan that? What ways will you conform your calendar um, are you going to conform it to the prescribed ones that are printed out already on your calendar to do this or that? Independence Day or for
0: Memorial Day? Uh, Memorial, today's Memorial yeah, today's
1: Memorial Day. For <laughs> Memorial Day, um, I mean, our, our culture celebrates different things, and whether you value those or not, is your decision. Uh, But we as Christians, I think, need to be very conscious about what we are and aren't celebrating. We want to celebrate Christ. And to do that, you have to really be intentional. And that's part of what the church calendar, I think, is really helpful for in our current climate.
0: And we love to celebrate as humans. It's apparent. I mean, now in our world, we have everything from like Sibling Day, National Ice Cream Day, National Donut Day,
1: Groundhog Day. Like,
0: Groundhog Day. We celebrate <laughs> so many things now and it's fun. But when you think about it, like a lot of these things are not keeping our mind on Christ. And so if you are one that likes to celebrate in your home or craves more intentionality, again, this might be a fun thing for you to start incorporating and more than that, a God honoring thing that you can start incorporating into your family life. But um, we also don't want it to feel like a strain. So, like Mason said in the Daily Rhythms podcast, a lot of that was just me sharing my non-negotiables with you, and then challenging you to think about your non-negotiables. Um, none of that was commands in Scripture. When we talked about the weekly rhythms, we did talk about the command of the Sabbath, but this is kind of this yearly rhythm is kind of more so like the daily rhythm. We want to make you think about your family and pray about that and then, you know, adjust it to your lifestyle and to your family's culture at home. So why do we celebrate the church calendar in our home?
1: Well, we do it in our home for lots of reasons, but we do it for more general reasons, not just specifically in our home, but the more general reason that I think as we look at scripture, as we look at the world, as we look at all the revelation that we have, all the, the, story that we have before us. We know that God gave us seasons. He gave us stars, seasons, signs, and cycles of living. That's clear. I mean, the seasons changed and uh, the seasons of life are something that God's weaved into the created order. So creation shows us that we have seasons, that we have Mm -hmm. cycles. And in Genesis 8 9, God says that the seasons will never go away, that this is part of his covenant with all of creation, and that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest are going to be there. Cold and heat are going to be there. Summer and winter are going to be there. Day and night are going to be there. It shall not cease. Look at that and think about that. We have to ask, well, what does that mean? Uh, What does that mean for us? He's given us different times, different seasons. How does that affect us? And then more specifically, as we look at that general idea of that's the way the world is, but more specifically, we know that all of life now conforms to Christ. Christ has been revealed to us, so the the lens through which we look at everything should be looking at through the lens of Jesus. So, our task as Christians is to connect everything back to Christ. We look at Him and say, how does this connect to what Christ has done for us. And redemption history, how does this come back to Jesus? So we're to bring everything in subjection to Him. And this means that our lives should be shaped towards Christ and being conformed to His image. We want to look like Christ. So that's part of what we're doing in the church calendars. We're looking at the life of Christ and saying, how can we take His life, look at the things that He's done, and then shape our lives according to that? Now, there's different ways of doing this, but. I'd like to break it down and think about it in cycles so we live daily for him right Mm -hmm. we live in different cycles different themes um we focus on them in all kinds of different ways and so we live daily we live weekly for him we live monthly for him and then we live yearly for him so we've talked about all these different kinds of rhythms that we have that's kind of been the theme here this is our theme yearly rhythms but if we're going to break it down we need to have purpose with each of these, and I think it's helpful to give these different cycles, different themes to focus on. So someone might say that we need to be emulating all of Christ all the time, and this is true, but that's just not how most humans build habits into their lives. If you want to become fit, you don't work out every muscle every day. That's just not how we work. You rotate, you start on leg day, then you go to arm day, then decor, and so on. So if, if, maybe if,
0: that's why I need to quit exercising because I do everything. Yeah, probably. Every...
1: <laughs> probably. And that, that's the problem. So many people jump headlong Somebody into things. needs to come train me. Right. <laughs> I, I really think that that is true, that, that people jump headlong into things right. and they try to do everything all at once. And then they're like, this is just too much. Yeah. But the church here, it breaks it down and it spaces it out to where people can really focus on one aspect of of christ's life and really understand it Uh really prepare yourself for that season so that you can understand it better so that's part of the beauty of the church calendar is that you can split it up and take it in bits and pieces you don't have to do everything all at once you can break it up you want to think about farming farming does the same thing when you farm you don't deplete the nutrients of the ground by planting the same crop every year you rotate them you give the ground rest And the world rotates in these kind of seasons. That's just the way the world works. The tides of the sea, they continually roll in and out, kind of like the Sabbaths of the week. Every week we have a Sabbath. It goes in, it goes out, Mm -hmm. in and out. But there's different uh, tides for each season, isn't there? I mean, yes, the tide comes in and out, but there's even different tides for different seasons. And these tides are always rolling in, but there's thematic types that distinguish the season to remind the swimmers of the various attributes of the great sea that uh, they're swimming in. Sometimes you don't want to swim when the tide's doing this, so it it tells us different things about different times. So for all the people who just flatly reject the church calendar, you need to realize that you're certainly free to do that, but they're there's a creational standpoint that you just can't ignore, that the world works in times right. and cycles and seasons. And God gave us to those or gave those to us for a reason. And I think that we should explore that and try to connect Christ to that as much as we can. So I think we can see that humans crave seasons as well. We we want to do uh, things in bits and pieces Yes, some people jump headlong, and usually that's the, the end of them. But right. generally, I think humans work best, and we crave doing things in bite-sized chunks. So there's days of fasting, there's days of feasting, there's days of weeping, there's days of rejoicing. There's a time for everything, Ecclesiastes says. And I think that that's where we're really trying to get at. When we ask, why do we do this in our home? Well, I think it's just because that's what we've been given. The world gave us times and seasons. Scripture has given us very clear reasons Uh, why we should have different kinds of seasons. I mean, this is what the church has always been doing. It's not just the New Testament church. The Old Testament church had prescribed feasts and festivals. We are a people that love to feast. We're people that love to celebrate things. And in our home, we want to do that. We want to be people that are happy and having different times and kinds of rejoicing. It's not just we want to be happy all the time. Uh, We want to have different seasons. We have seasons of rejoicing and season of weeping and mourning.
0: And it's not only helping us to learn more about the life of Christ by focusing on those certain seasons and those certain times within those seasons, but it's helping us, like Mason is saying, to be more joyful in those, in those times. Um, there are certain seasons that are more um, serious, are more about lamenting and weeping, and that's even important as well. I think it is important to focus on Christ's crucifixion and feel that, you know, I think that's important. We shouldn't just Mm. think about it in passing. Okay. We read the gospel of Mark and we read where Jesus was crucified and we just got through it. Like, no, this is an event that really happened. It was our savior who took on human flesh, became sin. He that knew no sin became sin. And we have a whole season in the church calendar where we Can focus on that. It's really brought that to life for me. But then there's also the resurrection. When we focus on that, we find ourselves no longer weeping, but rejoicing. And there's the ascension and we're in awe. And these things flow from us into our family. So if we're celebrating these, if we're celebrating the church calendar and we're going through these seasons and these specific times, we're finding ourselves more joyful more sorrowful about the things we're supposed to be joyful and sorrowful mm-hmm. about. And these are also going to start reflecting in our children. Our children are learning. They learn through the seasons at a very young age, like the physical seasons. They learn about fall and winter and summer and spring. And in the same way they can learn about the seasons of the church calendar at a very young age learning about the joys of Christmas and of Advent, waiting up till Christmas, of Lent and of Easter. And they can learn even in the ordinary time. So I think it's important for me also for our home life and why we do it in the home, because I want my children to know as much about Christ as they can. And by not so much focusing on sibling's day, memorial day, mother's day. We 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 like those too and we honor our mothers on those day and I'm not saying we throw away all of the world's holidays, but more so focusing on the church calendar it, it just helps us even with our children to be more Christ-centered and to point them to our Lord and Savior.
1: Yeah, And they're good prompts too. I mean, Protestants like to talk about Lent and how a lot, of, a lot of Protestants don't like Lent. But what I always think of is the fact that we're called to fast. Jesus says, when you fast. Mm-hmm. And he, and so it's, it's implied that we're going to be fasting if we're Christians. But so many Christians that I know just don't fast. Yeah. Um, they forget about fasting somehow. They forget that that's a part of being a Christian, is having different times and seasons of fasting. And for me, a season like Lent is a really good reminder that, oh yeah, this is part of being mm-hmm. a Christian that God calls us to do these different things. And again, you don't have to do it. It's not that if you don't do it, that you're going to be in sin. It's not that at all. It's that this is actually a, a, a healthy way to prompt you to say, okay, the rest of the church right now is fasting. The rest mm-hmm. of the church is in a season of lament. They're They're trying to come together and there's a really beautiful Unity. Uh, unity to that to to be on the same page right. as the rest of the church, and not everyone does it. But there there is one church calendar. It's not that there's many many right. different church calendars out there, and you got to pick one and pick your favorite one. It's we're all following the same basic mm-hmm. calendar. Yes, there's, there's so there, there is a split between east it. and west. And so the, <laughs> yeah, there is. So yeah. when it comes to Easter, um, there is a little bit of split with that and some of the other holidays. But for the most part. Um, Catholic Christians, Catholic with a lowercase, C, universal church Christians are all on the same page when it comes to the church calendar. And there's a real unity in that.
0: Okay, so that kind of goes into it. We talked about the unity, which is kind of a benefit. What are some of the benefits of following the church calendar?
1: So, yeah, so not just unity, but community. You can um, remember many of you, um, you're already participating in some of the church calendar events already. I mean, I'd say that everyone that listens to this is probably um, celebrating Christmas and probably Easter in your year. So that's nothing new. So if you celebrate Christmas and Easter, you already have one foot in. But for those who stand with arms locked with the Puritans, I think that there's a real beauty to realize that to celebrate different dimensions of the Trinity and the community of believers is something that's a really beautiful element. Uh, that you see in the church calendar. This gives us opportunity for fellowship and hospitality. That, that, that's what many of these uh, great feasts are about, is inviting people into it. And it's one thing to ask a non-believer to come over for Lord's Day dinner, right? The the, the Sabbatarians would say, well, this is a great opportunity for you to invite Non-believers over to your house and to be hospita- hospitable, and it is—it um, is great to do that. But there's just something about saying, "Hey, neighbor, would you like to come over for Easter dinner with me and right. feast with my family?" There's lots of other Christians here. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. There's something appealing about that that just isn't as exciting as, "Hey, would you like to join me for Lord's Day dinner?" <laughs> um yeah. th- they're going to say, "What's Lord's Day dinner?" Well, that's where we celebrate the Lord. Um, and his resurrection, and uh, we do this every single Sunday, and they're going to say, well, that, yeah, maybe I'll come, maybe I won't. But when you have a, a great feast, there's something really exciting about that that you can invite non-believers into. All that to say is that this is just a really great way to build community in your neighborhoods. Um, if you've moved somewhere and you don't know the people there, what better way to meet new neighbors um, than by inviting them into this come celebrate those, mm-hmm. this way of living that we as christians live we live according to this beautiful calendar that we have before us and there's all kinds of different seasons where we're doing all kinds of different things would you come with us would you come be a part of this come join the church come together with us
0: it's also a good way i think for even believers so you talk about non-believers and the right. fellowship right. But I think it's even a good way for believers to find some unity and fellowship as well. I guess with non-believers it'd be more hospitality, like you said. But with believers, it'd be fellowship um, even within denominations. So maybe you're a different denomination than some of your friends. We have so many Catholic friends, Baptist friends. Yes, we have Presbyterian friends as well. and We have non-denominational. We have so many. Um, and this is a good way... When you celebrate Christmas and Easter, there's just this unity that comes with it, that it doesn't matter that we have these differing views, but we still can find this common unity in Christ, um, even as we're celebrating such things. So again, not everybody is going to be celebrating the church calendar, but there is just this community that you can have to with other believers, no matter their denomination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You move to a new city and you already have something in common. Where exactly. You, you can just pick this up. Some other ways that you can benefit from the church calendar are the cultivation of your heart. So if you want to think about a field, uh, just like a field needs to be disked and prepared and have seeds sown in them. I believe our hearts are kind of the same way. Hearts need to be prepared to receive the Word of God, to to be ready for that. Our hearts are like small gardens. We need to till them. We need to get them ready. And you can do this at any time. It doesn't have to be through following the church calendar. You don't need the church calendar to do this. But for me, the church calendar actually serves as a really great seasonal reminder of the things I should be thinking about. It readies my heart and my mind, all of my being, uh, to be ready to get all that I can out of the season, to kind of gear up for it when Advent is coming around, it's a good reminder to just kind of dwell in the Advent season and not get ahead of yourself and start celebrating Christmas. But just think about that coming, that anticipation of Christ and his second coming as well, not just his first coming and that uh, anticipation that they had when the Savior would come, but just to kind of soak up and um, get the most out of that season and live that out to its fullest. So many times we just want to take the high points of Christianity. That's kind of what most people do when they're doing the church calendar kind of with one foot in and one foot out. It's just, I'll take Christmas and Easter because that's when the the most food happens. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Right. So... Um, I do this not just with the spiritual calendar, um, but with the physical weather as well. Yeah. And when you think about spring's coming, I know that that's the time that I got to rake the leaves. I clean up the yard. uh, I start getting the soil ready to put the garden out, to sow the seeds, um, and all that gets ready in its season and its time. Because if you wait too late, um, it's not the right time to do it. So there's different seasons, different times. And so it is with our hearts. Will we really get the most out of the doctrine of the death, burial, and resurrection if we don't also consider it? to be a grace not only to believe in this, but also to enter into Christ's suffering. So there's different kinds of seasons to be dwelling in it's not just the high points sometimes it's the low points too it's the sufferings it's the the sorrowful but always rejoicing it's that kind of life that christ lived where he's having these different motions in his life these different things that he's experiencing and we want to be as close to we can or as close as we can to christ in his life and his motions and the things that he lived in our own lives that's that's really the whole goal is to be like christ as much as we can and in any way possible
0: I like how you relate it to the physical actual seasons like fall, winter, spring, summer. Because everyone, like, no one wants to smell a summer candle in the middle of winter. Like, in the dead of winter, no one wants to go light their summer. Maybe you do. Maybe you're really wishing you were on the beach, and so you light your coconut candle, and <laughs> you get your beach chair out and play some Hawaiian music. I don't know. Maybe you're really craving it. But also, what can that show in our hearts? It can show a lot of discontentment. You know what I mean? Like, we're not happy with the season we're in. We want to be in a different season. Right. Um, but no one wants to do that. No one wants to go light that summer candle in the middle of winter. No, you want, like, a cookie dough candle, or some warm scent or something cozy. Maybe you like the like sweater weather candle from what is that? Bed, bath and beyond. I don't know. Um, But you want something warm. You want to be cozy. You want hot cocoa. You want to see the snow falling. Um, I realize some of you might not really ever get snow. (laughs) Maybe we have listeners out there who don't get snow that often, but you get what I'm saying. And I think that following the church calendar can really be helpful in the the people that have a hard time like maybe you're scatterbrained and you're like I don't even know how like I don't know what to celebrate I'm getting ahead of myself with Christmas or Christmas I dread it because I have to do all this preparation um I think the church calendar can kind of help especially moms as organizers of the home and planning these things it can kind of help you plan because it's all laid out there for you then there's just a lot of creativity within it so you have Lent, you had Advent, you have all of these things laid out. It's just up to you. What are you going to do with it kind of deal? But it's there. And if you find your years kind of being crazy and disorganized, I think the liturgical calendar is a great way. It's already organized for you and you have a lot of freedom within it to do how much or how little you want with it.
1: Yeah, there's a there's just a cool dimension of that as well. Like, like you were saying, you don't want to have the... Uh coconut uh, candle burning in the, the winter. You don't want to have that kind of dissonance where things aren't matching up. Right. Um, and there's a really cool thing about the calendar. In many ways, it reflects... The so real The real so seasons. I, yeah, so the real yeah. seasons, too. So you think about, like, Easter mm. always lands in spring. It's the time of resurrection. A new life is coming. And there's just really cool... There's really cool angles to think about this, even when it comes to, like, the decor in your house. Yeah. So... so the, the church, eggs. Right. You know,
0: like what do the eggs represent? Like you when you color eggs and you boil eggs, like all of these things have meanings, you know? It's not just some some weird tradition that we've been
1: doing. Right, yeah. Right. So all <laughs> the all the little things that come with the calendar have intention too. They have um, meaning and purpose, so all the little rituals, if you want to call them that, the fun things that people do, um, that reminds us of Christ again. Mm-hmm. So all everything that we do, even the little, the, to the smallest little activities that we're doing with our toddlers, that should be pointing us back to Christ. And if you don't have a calendar doing this, you're going to find other ways to do this. I mean, you're going to see in Walmart some other kind of spring activity and it's just going to be generally mm-hmm. spring or it's going to be some snowy uh, activity where you're playing in the snow and it just doesn't have any other meaning than it's winter time and we're just having winter themed things. But with the church calendar, it's not just winter themed. It's not just summer themed. It's Christ themes. It's the death of Christ. We're going to really dwell on what happened when Christ died for us or the resurrection. What does it mean to be united in Christ and his resurrection, knowing the power of his resurrection? What does that mean? How are you living into that moment and that season to where you're really understanding what the scripture says when it says things like that?
0: It's self-discipline in a lot of ways, too. Like you talked about Lent and fasting. You're dying to your flesh in those times. You're waiting in Advent. You're not just jumping right ahead into Christmas and into giving gifts and just the worldly things that you may want to partake in or the selfish things that you may want to partake in, but it kind of just how we talked about in the weekly rhythms, talking about resting on Sundays and on the Sabbath resting and how that is not something we naturally want to do and it's like we have to train ourselves to do that in this day and time the church calendar really slows us down Mm -hmm. I think it starts to teach us how to rest even within our year that it's not just a daily thing it's not just a weekly thing but it can be a yearly thing where we find ourselves not depending on ourselves, but depending on Christ.
1: And the seasons are just better too. If you think about it, we're inevitably going to shape our lives seasonally. I mean, that just happens because the world does that. It, It forces you to do it. But the question is, is what will shape these seasons? Will it be March Madness? Will it be Super Bowl Sunday? Will it be pride month mm-hmm. uh, the the benefit of the church calendar is that it takes our minds off the seasons of consumerism and worldliness and it centers yeah. it on Christ because the the world's going to offer us a calendar and we can follow it if we want or we cannot and right. the the reality is is that we're going to be shaped by something, and we need to be intentional about what it is that we're going to let shape us, because mm-hmm. that's just what happens. I mean, when school gets busy, um, and we, when we think about the school year, that shapes us, does okay. it not? I mean, when most of our lives, in many ways, are shaped around just the the academic year, yeah. like that's just how our seasons work. And we don't have to be completely consumed by that. That doesn't have to be the theme of our lives. It doesn't have to be soccer games, basketball games. doesn't have to be football games. It doesn't even have to be sports at all. It doesn't have to be any of that. It, we, we get to choose. We have the liberty to choose what kind of calendar we're going to follow. So when everyone else is getting hyped about political tensions and who might be elected as the next president, because election day is coming around, we could be celebrating All Saints Day. Like, that's just the reality of it. We have that option to choose what we're going to set our minds on, what we're going to allow to fill our thinking in our our whole day. I mean, what you're thinking about throughout the day matters and it shapes you. So it gives us a chance to not be swept away with the things of the world, even though most of our society is, we have that choice. You get to choose. You you have that right. And you have the Christian liberty to choose whatever you want. I mean, you can say that you're not going to follow any calendar, but the, the reality is, is you're probably going to fall into some kind of seasonal pattern. Yeah. I mean, there, there are Christians you're gonna out there. you have a rhythm. And right. that's
0: what we want to help you with It's right. what rhythm are you going to choose? And it again, it doesn't have to be the church calendar, but what is your rhythm going to be? Because we've talked about your daily, your weekly, what you're doing within that day, what you're doing within that week is showing you what you worship mm-hmm. and it's showing you what you glorify. And the same goes with a year. A year may seem like a very long time, but it goes by pretty quickly. And within that year, it'll show you, are you worshiping school? You know, are you worshiping work? Are you worshiping things outside of God? Are you worshiping other things? If your whole calendar, your whole year is revolved around your work schedule, if your whole year is revolved around some big event that you have a wedding, you know, and again, you know, some years are going to be focused around a wedding. If you're planning for a wedding, I get it. But if your whole year is surrounded and centered around the church calendar, then you will find your whole year being centered around Christ.
1: And as we always say with our kids when we're about to go to <laughs> um, whatever whatever kind of event oh, it yeah. is. So we,
0: what I normally do with the kids is, um, like, if they're going to be going to Nana and Paul's house and staying with them, I'll be like, okay, kids, I want you to listen to Nana and Paul this weekend. I want you to obey. If Nana tells you to do something, what are you going to do? We're gonna do it. If Papa tells you to do something, what are you gonna do? We do it. And I go through this little list. You know, if one kid's been having trouble being rough, I'll be like, Okay, you've been having trouble being rough, but when you're at Nan and Pas I want you to be gentle. Can you be gentle? Yes. And then at the end of my little lecture, I say, and most importantly, have, have fun.
1: fun. <laughs> lay down the law. Lay down that. Get that established. But most importantly, have, have uh, fun. Give them the gospel. <laughs> it, it might sound like a, a pithy benefit, but it, it's not. Our, our homes—they should be a place of joy. They're a blessing from God. God mm-hmm. gave us homes, and it's in these homes that we can host enjoyment. Yeah, it, we have that great privilege. So God gave us wine to gladden the hearts of man and seasons of rejoicing. And we need to do that. We need to do those things to the glory of God and have an all hollows Eve party. If you want to celebrate Hebrews 11 and all the hall of faith, all those people and Mm -hmm. uh, the history of scriptures that um, has been given to us. How are we going to honor those people? How are we going to honor those great cloud of witnesses rather than the monsters and the demons. We, we, we have to have a fun alternative because if not, guess what? Your kids are probably going to get swept away to that. Maybe they won't. Maybe you guys are able to stay completely neutral through your entire life and never fall into any kind of seasonal uh, or cycle of celebration or whatever it is, but the odds are is you're probably going to fall into something if you okay. don't get intentional about it. And so that's, that's what we're really trying to do here is we're not trying to force the church calendar on you. We're not trying to say it's the, the only way we're trying to say this works really well for Christians. It works really well for us. And there's not many alternatives out there. You can go the, the neutral route and say, you're going to be neutral about everything, but that just usually doesn't work very well. Um, Cause people aren't very good at being neutral. (laughs) Like that's just not the way our hearts work. We pick one side or the other. Our, our wills will decide kind of for us. So we need to be intentional about it and get ahead of it.
0: Yeah. And I think the church calendar has helped me probably the most to see time as sacred, but also to see that time is in God's hands. Um, For a long time, I've had a hard time dealing with time. (laughs) I hold it, and my husband knows this. He's going to laugh because I hold time so closely. It's like I put it in my fist, and I don't want it to leave. And I think this started when my dad passed away. Uh, It hit me just kind of like a, a ton of bricks, and maybe other listeners have had moments in their lives where maybe they lost a loved one, or reality just hit them. That time is slipping, away in time, my time here on earth could be gone at any minute. And when I got married and I started to have my own family, I started wanting to document my time all the time to document my memories and not only to document them, but to make sure I'm making these memories that I'm having these memories and so on and so forth. And then Mason's dad got cancer and we thought we were going to lose him. And just about the time that I started being okay with time, His dad got cancer and we thought, okay, you know, this could be his time to go. And so I started holding it again so closely. So the church calendar has actually helped me to realize that time isn't something that we can hold on to. Like the church calendar, we have the feast days, we have the holidays, the big events, but we also have ordinary time. And that ordinary time makes up the majority of the church calendar. And it also makes up the majority of our lives. The majority of our Our time is not, you know, the big birthdays, the big wedding, the dad passing away, the birth of a child. Majority of our time is those quotidian moments like I've mentioned before. And so the church calendar helps me to put my mind on Christ and his glory instead of all the things that I didn't do or all the things that I think I should have done or all the things I want to do. It actually helps me to slow down and to kind of come back. To reality. So when my mind races about the fact that I only have probably 18 ish birthdays with my child or 18 ish Chris- Christmases with my children at home, I can slow down and I can say, whoa, 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 and put my mind away from those worldly anxieties and instead push my mind to Christ. Mm. And I've been going through this book. I mentioned it Living the Christian Year Time to Inhabit the Story of God by Bobby Gross. And it's just a devotional on the liturgical year, and I recommend it to anyone who wants to learn more about the Christian year because it's easy to read, you'll learn a lot, and you can read it through the whole year, so it'll keep you—I've I've missed portions, I haven't read some of it, but I'll pick back up, you know, when I've missed, I'll just pick back up on the time that I'm supposed to be on. But this has really helped me to see Christ in all seasons and in all times, the good, the bad, the ugly, and to not hold time so tightly— And I wrote a poem about this not too long ago. I sent it to my husband. I was up in bed with my daughter laying there, and I wrote a poem for her. And I'm not going to read the whole poem, but at the end of the poem, I said, These are the times I'll never forget, the times I'll never regret. The quotidian moments are the moments that make me ache as I lay in bed analyzing the day's mistakes. I cherish time knowing our souls could quickly take flight, but sometimes I think I hold time too tight. I squeeze it until it slips through the cracks and I realize I'll never get it back. But you've got me and I've got you. I love you and you love me too. And in these moments, when I've been blessed, I've learned to simply let go and rest. And so I think what I've learned the most while going through the church calendar is to just rest in God and to rest in, in life. Time is such a interesting thing (laughs) and to try to we try to pin it down with seasons and calendars and dates and events and time just isn't something that you can really take grasp of but following the church calendar has helped me to see that I can hold Christ tight to me and he does hold me and I can focus on him each and every day and each and every year as I go through the church calendar.
1: It doesn't take a genius to
0: understand some of the best things in life are simple. Simpleton Goods, founded by Tyler Carter, began with the aim of simplifying life with products you can depend on. From making leather-bound journals as a hobby in 2012, Simpleton now offers a variety of dependable daily carry items as part of their product line, as well as taking custom projects. This month, they will be giving away one card-snap wallet to one lucky listener simpleton is a shop we've used throughout the years my husband has everything from journals to belts to watch straps the quality is phenomenal go to simpletongoods.com to purchase from the product line or use their contact page to connect on bringing a custom project to life be sure to follow them on instagram and enter our giveaway on house to home's Insta page. good luck